Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Let's hear together the Easter story. I'm reading from John's Gospel, chapter 20, the first 18 verses. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they've laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings laying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head not lying with the linen wrappings but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, the one who reached the tomb first, also went in and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head, the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not recognize that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, She turned and said to him, in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them, that he had said these things to her. That's the Easter story, (laughs) and it never gets old. Every year we hear the same scripture. We tell the same story every year, and it never ages. 
Mary Magdalene has seen the risen Christ, and nothing on this side of the empty tomb is the same. All of the human saga, all of redemptive history, all human possibility, all of it takes new form and new meaning because of the Easter miracle. All darkness fades. All shackles break open. All fear banished. All loveless prisons unlocked. The Easter miracle, the Easter victory has changed the world forever. Which is why we gathered again to read the same story, to sing the same songs, because this day has changed every day since that day. Thanks be to God. But, but, it is worth remembering that Mary Magdalene's day did not start in sunshine and victory. The story starts in darkness. You can't can't even see her face filled with tears as she moves that morning. To the place of darkness. All she can remember of the past days is painful. And so she walks in darkness. Well, for most gospel writers, that would be a peculiar detail, but it's John who tells us that Mary approaches the tomb while it is still dark. And and you and I know how John likes to use the images of light and dark throughout the gospel account. This isn't a, a kind of casual time stamp. Mary arrives while it is dark. In John, no understanding, no belief. Mary's first experience of Easter is sadness and loss, and tragedy, the hardship of the recent days. And all she can remember is painful. Well, let's be honest. Easter morning has started for darkness, in darkness for most of us too, right? I mean, I mean if we look over our shoulder at our recent past, it's been violence and Racism, suffering and unemployment, capital riots, I can't breathe, school closings and restaurants boarded up, Atlanta, Wendy's burned to the ground, spa shootings and all the rest. Darkness has become our pre-existing condition. We are all too acquainted with what it feels like to wake up on Easter while it is still dark. And I haven't even mentioned COVID-19. The pandemic that's stolen a year from our lives and stolen more than a half a million lives from our world. Kind of hard to believe that it was... Just over a year ago, what, 14 months maybe? Dr. Matthew McLean, a radiologist at Floyd Medical Center here in the state in Rome, looking at a CT scan of a patient's lungs and sees this white flecked 
image, calls his colleague who's treating the patient in the ER and says, I'm telling you, what you're looking at is most likely the coronavirus. That was patient number one. The first hospital case in Georgia of COVID-19 less than 14 months ago. And just in Georgia in that time, one million people have been infected. More than 18,000 have died. We have lost more Georgians to this virus than we lost in World War II, Korea, and Vietnam combined. So we know something about Easter starting in the darkness of a recent horrible past. But the novelist Frederick Beekner has written this wonderful observation about the work of God. It, it, it's such a faithful, hopeful statement. And I've, been, I've, I've kind of adopted it this year. This has become uh, uh, my mantra over and over and over to repeat these words of Frederick Beekner. Beekner says, Resurrection means that the worst thing is never the last thing. I mean, Good Friday, crucifixion, it's, it's the worst thing ever. And three days later, the Easter miracle, God's great mysterious love. Mary's day started out in darkness, but her day ended in the victory of Easter. When she comes to the tomb, she sees that the stone has been removed. She goes and gets Peter and John, declares her horror at the fact that she thinks, at least, the body's been stolen. The two disciples, in a foot race back to the burial place, they find the linen rolled up and know Jesus, and they head home. But Mary stays and cries. She sees two angels sitting where Jesus' body should have been, and they say to her, Why are you crying? And she unloads, because they've taken away my Lord. I don't know where they put him. Then she sees a figure she doesn't yet recognize as Jesus, who asks about her tears, and she kind of fires off again. Oh, sir, if you've carried him away, please tell me where you put him. I'll go take him away. Jesus calls her name. Mary, and she recognizes, she recognizes in hearing her own name that this is Jesus. He is risen. He's risen indeed. And so she runs to the disciples to declare, I have seen the Lord. You see, her day started in darkness, but it was an encounter with the risen Christ that meant it did not end there. Beekner was right. Resurrection means the worst thing is never the last thing. 
I love everything about the timing of Easter this year. You know, of course, that Easter is the only one of our holy holidays that's, that's not fixed on the calendar. The timing of Easter is set by the moon. Easter coincides with the spring equinox so that it, it happens when the earth is becoming green. And, and really, the, the timing itself is an Easter sermon. All winter, everything looks dead. Flowers are just frozen stems and no color at all. Trees are bleak and barren and colors of tan and bruise. The grass is either crunchy brown or mud. And then every year, every year, we get a reminder that what looks dead isn't dead at all. Not not in the mystery of God's resurrection magic. The the flowers pop, the, the trees show off. What looks dead is only temporary. Resurrection means that the worst thing is never the last thing. And, and, and then the second reason that I love the timing of Easter this year is, is this particular day, Sunday, April 4, is just spectacular. We, we had a service earlier at 9 o'clock, and, and we were surrounded by blooms, azaleas, the sky is a sharp blue. This day is singing out at, at, at 11 on the whizometer, right? I mean, this day is just perfect. But the final reason that I am so excited about the timing of this Easter is, is that this Easter is corresponding with mass vaccination and declining cases, the promise of an end to the pandemic, the optimism that we're soon going to be back in this sanctuary, filling it up with lives, the the hope of a fresh expression of church together, relationship and worship and community are all on the horizon. This Easter That kind of promise means even more, I think, because of our last 14 months of hardship. We could use some Easter right now, couldn't we? It's been a hard year. But the folks in Georgia and the other parts of the South uh, a hundred years ago or so Uh, might have given us a run for our money on what was the hardest time in the South. They might have competed with us for the worst year ever. Some of you might know that at the beginning of the 20th century, there was another tragedy that closed businesses and devastated families and ruined lives. (laughs) It was an insect from Mexico, of all things. 
In the early 1900s, the boll weevil somehow made its uh, way from Mexico into the southern part of the United States and set up home in the cotton farms of the south. Adult boll weevils feed on the cotton plant. Then they puncture the plant to lay their eggs, and then when the eggs hatch, the, the grubs chew their way through everything inside so that by the time the plant opens up, the cotton lint that should be inside is mostly gone. Anyway, the insect did all of this stuff and devastated the cotton industry. The crop of the South, cotton, was king. Well, uh, farmers mortgaged their homes. They experimented with arsenic sprays and powders and They burned the cotton stalks after harvesting. They tried everything. At at one point, one-third of the pesticides used in the entire United States were targeted at trying to kill the boll weevil. Well, the farmers planted cotton again. The cotton started growing. Insect came back, destroyed it. They tried again. Insect came back, destroyed it. By this time, most of the farmers, most of the farms, completely wiped out. Then a man named H.M. Sessions had an idea. He was a a seed broker from Alabama, and he had been in North Carolina and Virginia, where they had a similar sandy soil, and he had seen them thrive by planting peanuts. So Mr. Sessions came back down south with peanut seeds and sold them to farmer C.W. Batson in Alabama. In 1916, Mr. Batson planted his whole crop in peanuts. I mean, what is there to lose at this point, right? Well, the peanuts came up, he harvested, he made enough money to pay all of his debts he had money left over. Of course, news of his success spread all over the region, and the next season, virtually everybody in South Alabama planted peanuts instead of cotton. A million bushels of peanuts harvested that sold for more than $5 million, far more than the cotton crop would have made them. Two years later, 1919, one of the local merchants there uh, in Enterprise, Alabama, paid to have a statue erected right in downtown Enterprise, Alabama. You, you might have been through and seen it. It's a Greek woman holding up a bowl, and in the bowl is a 50-pound insect. It's a, it's a way to honor the boll weevil of all things. And the plaque on that statue reads, In profound appreciation of the boll weevil and what it has done as the herald of prosperity. Do you see? The worst thing that had ever happened was the boll weevil. And the best thing that ever happened was the boll weevil. 
Resurrection means that the worst thing is never the last thing. At the center of today's celebration is us reminding each other of the power of God to create life out of death, blessing out of hardship, miracle out of hopelessness, from the bleak dead of winter to the bloom of spring, from Good Friday to Easter, from pandemic to, I I don't know what yet. But I do know, I do know that the most spectacular day in all of human history started in darkness. I do know that God has a pattern of turning the most horrible situation into victory. I do know that resurrection means that the worst thing is never the last thing. This is the good news. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And all things are made new again. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.